This podcast is brought to you by Two More Reps Coffee Beans. Get your two more reps with this natural pre-workout. Buy your bag at twomoreps.com.au. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. All right, so today I've got a very special guest with me. It's taken me a long time to get her on, not through lack of trying, um, but there's been a few favours called in, a few handshake deals made, a couple of paper bag jobs under the table to make this happen, <laughs> and that just embarrassed her. That is so <laughs> But... Um, it's, uh, it's been a worthwhile wait because what we're going to talk about today is obviously very relevant, very important, and I reckon can resonate with a lot of people. But first and foremost, I'll introduce her. Now, she's been in the uh, fitness industry for close to 20 years um, in a number of different capacities. Personal training as one, front of house, management, and even working in supplements as well. And more recently, um, had the uh, interesting role of uh, working in the Department of Corrections at one of the most notorious prisons in the state, being Woodford Prison. So there's uh, that could be a separate podcast all on its own, I'm sure, with the stories, but we might have to um, rate that one in terms of uh, what you can and can't say. Um, she's also an incredibly well-respected international posing coach and judge, uh, having uh, joined myself over in India quite a few times now. And on a personal note, She's a very incredible mother and a very understanding and patient wife. And, of course, I'm talking about my beautiful partner, Monique. Welcome. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> that was a bit nice. That was a bit nice? Yeah. Well, well, you know. I, love, I do love the comment of, I have joined you in India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you my well, bag. <laughs> well, you're my plus one. No, no, no. Not... <laughs> you're my plus one. <laughs> How can, if I'm your plus one, how come I have to work harder over there than you do? Exactly. Yeah, see, I, I, I got the raw end of the stick in that deal. Jay, if you're listening, I need a bump up. <laughs> but um, I thought uh, today we'd obviously talk about um, goal setting, yeah. which is very, very relevant. Look, it's relevant all the time. Um, but I thought first and foremost, let's establish why we're going to talk about uh, goal setting, and that is uh, more recently you've embarked on a very – um, what's the word I'm looking for? A big career change in terms of the space you're going to head towards, the niche you're going to specialise in. You've been studying like a Trojan for, I don't even know how long it's been since you've been studying now. It seems like you're a full-time student. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, I constantly joke about that. But you're currently doing three courses at the moment, aren't you? All of different levels, degree, diploma, and then a, another course as well. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, so it's, a fair, it's pretty full-on. Uh, and you're still working part-time too, I might add, because you work for a nutrition academy as well, another point in the fitness industry. Um, so you're, the space you're going to head down is obviously some part goal setting, more so coaching around the life coaching perspective, self-empowerment, uh, wellness, that sort of area in regards to women primarily. Do you want to elaborate on that just a little bit before we get into the goal setting things? Yeah, absolutely. So I wouldn't say it's that big of a career change okay. because I feel like my role within the fitness industry has very much been in that space to begin with. Mm. You know, I first became a personal trainer at the age of 18 and I worked 
exclusively at a women's only gym. Yeah. So I feel like I've very much been involved in that women's empowerment, self-love, self-birth space ever since then. Yeah. Um, obviously, my touch points with the fitness industry, I've come in and I've come out. Every time I think I'm leaving, I'm straight back in again. <laughs> and we've joked about that. I've had a few times where I've had a, like you mentioned, working for corrections, I've had a few big career changes and then I've just been pulled straight back into health and fitness. Yeah. Um, but I do know that in my heart, that's where I belong and that's where I feel I can add the most value yeah. because I do have a lot of lived experience in this world with a lot of the things that, you know, women kind of do struggle with. Mm. So um Got the question? Are you asking me? In terms of what you're studying, and then obviously the intention of where you're going to head with your career. Yeah. So currently, like you said, I'm overloaded my plate and (laughs) taken on way too much. And but you know what? Like, yeah. Well, that sorry to interrupt, but that's a really good point because you you're really good at time management. That's probably a, a high skill that you've got, and the fact that you can manage a degree, a diploma, and another course at the same time while still being a mum and working is pretty in- impressive. So that's obviously yeah. a skill that you'll put into this coaching. Absolutely. And, that you know, when we talk about goal setting, it is about being organised. It is about being on top of what you need to get done. Mm. You know, stuff just doesn't just happen. So, yeah, so obviously studying a degree at the moment, which is a psychology degree. Um, I am currently studying my diploma in counselling. I'm also doing a – well, I'm wrapping up a nine-month-long life coaching course. Yeah. And this is a really highly credible one, it's isn't it? It's a very highly credible life coaching course. It's not a weekend course. Like I said, it's taken me about nine months to do. Very heart-centered, very soul-led, not just, let's say, some affirmations in the mirror and suddenly our life's changed. Okay. There's a lot more depth. Um, there's a lot more that comes with it, and I think that's really important. So moving forward, um, going to pull all my skills together from the health and fitness industry. And, you know, a lot of this too I've learned through posing. Yeah. I've been a posing coach now for about seven years. And so much of my posing coaching is in the self-worth, self-empowerment, babe, you've got this space. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I, that's why I'm really passionate about this. I feel like this is now a combination of everything finally coming together. Yeah, okay. That's good to see it like that. Yeah, you know, like at the age of 37, I'm finally going, yeah, this is the space. Yep. Yeah, because you were sort of getting to a point where you weren't sure like there was a bit of, there was a few question marks in regards to the direction you were heading like you felt absolutely. this was this was the right direction but you it's all sort of come together more recently than anything hasn't it absolutely and that's i guess people be like well, why the heck were you working at correctional center yeah and that's not new like it's very much in my family to do so yeah um i have always been interested in why people do the things they do and it just felt like a natural i want a change of pace and it just felt like a natural way to change that but your degree before psychology was criminology it was a mix it was a dual degree dual degree yeah. of um criminology and psychology there you go. the end goal being mm. a prison psychologist yep um look i'll never say never to that <laughs> <laughs> i know you've certainly got an affinity to it that's for sure um but no i'm definitely more i feel like my soul's work is with women yep and it's in this space and it's really exciting now to see it all finally kind of pieced together Okay, so I suppose getting on to today, um, and look, you know, we'll probably do a few podcasts in and around this subject, particularly when your business does launch, because it's not officially launched yet. You're very close, aren't you? Very close. Yeah, so we'll keep that under wraps. But if anyone is obviously interested in what um, Monty's doing, obviously follow her on Instagram primarily at this point in time, isn't that right? Yeah. Um, And then more will come about that in due course. But um, goal setting. So this is what we're going to primarily focus on today. And... You know, we're now 
what are we, 24th of February. Um, most people at this time of year or even earlier, primarily January, set goals, don't they? They set goals about the year. For some reason, it's got to be at the start of the year. I, you know, that's probably another discussion. But let's talk about goals that people set and why they fail. Like you've got some stats that you want to sort of put forth, which is quite – I didn't actually realise how – high the failure rate was on goal setting so do you want to elaborate on that a little bit let's get into it yeah so that those that statement you made those two questions they're both loaded (laughs) (laughs) there's an hour in just those two questions you know why do people set the goals they set and the failure rate of it and you know like you said most people tend to set these goals around the new year Mm. um and when you think about the new year most people are on holidays they're enjoying you know a few days away maybe they've got time off you know, you've got all this time to think about things. Or on the flip side, people set goals because they've just been with their family. Mm. Um, maybe Aunt Mavis just told you you're looking a little bit chubby. <laughs> so so now now your news resolution is to lose 10 kilos. Yeah. Or, you know, your, your mother-in-law is nagging you about not buying a house yet, you know, or having children or things like this. So now you're setting goals around that. Yeah. So I guess there's two sides to this is, you know, when we come back to the person that's on holidays and they've got all this free time and suddenly they've decided this year they're going to learn salsa dancing. Yep. And then maybe they're on holidays and they do do one lesson. Mm. But then next week they're back at work. Yep. And, oh, you know, it's a bit chaotic, but you know what? We've still got that one lesson in. Great. Okay. Tick that box. We've ticked it. Yeah. The next week comes, kids are now getting ready for back to school. Mm. School activities start. You know, so it's very easy to set these amazing goals when we're on holidays. Because when you're on holidays and don't have a nine-to-five commitment, yeah. you can achieve anything. Mm. There are so many hours in the day. Yep. So I guess that's probably the first thing is when it comes to goal setting is making sure that firstly your goals are something that you truly do want to achieve. And then go back to the other scenario, making sure your goals aren't based around society's expectations of you. Good point. So making sure that your goals are you know, heart-centered and is something that you do actually want. Well, it needs to be. It, you know, the why, and we speak about why a lot, particularly in, in obviously where I work, but it, it, there needs to be emotion behind it, doesn't 100%, it? 100% that yeah. does. And going back, like you just said, we had some stats, like over 80% of people fail their New Year's resolutions by the start of February. Isn't that crazy? So we're, we're four weeks into the year and yeah. over 80% have already failed. The stat is that less than 8% will stick it out and see it through. Wow. So if we're setting these news resolutions that we really, truly want to achieve, then why is the failure rate so high? Mm. And I guess that's when people are setting news resolutions, that's a few questions to ask. Well, that's true. That's, the, you know, you've got to get into the specifics of it. You know, is the goal too big? Is it unachievable? Is it unrealistic? Or are people just lazy? I, I, like there's so many elements to this discussion. But yeah. um, well, we can go back to what you just said about goals needing to be emotional. Yeah. And, you know, if you've worked in corporate or if you Google goal setting, you know, the first thing you're going to see is set SMART goals. Mm. You know, if anyone doesn't know, SMART goals, acronyms, so what specific, measurable, achievable, what was it, um, relevant on a realistic time bound, yep. you know, whatever it is. Mm. And unless you're a type A personality, yeah, there's no emotion in that. No, there's not. So if we take the whole wanting to lose 10 kilos, it's like, yeah, well, that's specific. It's 10 kilos. You know, it's measurable, it's 10 kilos. Is it achievable? Well, let's add a time frame. So you want to lose 10 kilos in six months. Mm. Well, yeah, now it's achievable. Sure. There's a time frame there. Yep. Um, time bound, yeah. So it's, all the things are there. But when we get to, say, March and the weather's starting to cool down a little bit and the sun's 
staying low mm. longer. Yep. And the alarm goes off in the morning and you know you've got a gym session is I want to lose 10 kilos by six months, going to get you out of bed. That's right. Probably not. No. No. By nature, we don't like getting up in the dark. No. We don't like getting up when it's cold, um, when it's wet. Yeah, so that, that's a really good point. Um, so it need, there needs to be more to it, doesn't it? There needs to be something that's going to get you up out of bed. 100%. And, you know, we can use that same example of I want to lose 10 kilos in six months mm. to – I want to feel the most sexy, the most confident, the strongest, the fastest, the fittest I've ever felt. Yep. What's getting you out of bed in the morning? Mm. The alarm goes off. You know, you lay there and you say your goal to yourself in your head. You have that internal battle, don't you? Yeah, you yeah. do. And, you know, if you're committed to feeling your strongest, sexiest, what? and you know what, these words need to mean something to you. Mm. So saying to someone, you know, a goal to make yourself feel sexy to me, might mean something different to you. Yep. So you need to find those words that mean something to you and will help you get out of bed in the morning. Yep. Find that emotion. Um, you know, and another way to look at it is people set goals about things and about actions and about doing. So I'm going to run a triathlon, a marathon, mm. 10 times, lose 10 kilos, whatever it might be. It's like we kind of work backwards. We go, this is the thing, and then I'm just going to do it, and you're just going to figure it out along the way. But if we flip it, and go, well, I want to feel strong. I want to feel fast. I want to feel fit. Okay, a person that is strong, fast, and fit, what are their daily habits? Yep. What do they do? Mm. Work it backwards. And then you start going, okay, these are my action steps. So I need to go to the gym. Yep. And I need to learn how to run if I'm not already running. Mm. And then go, okay, so a person that is those things, what do they do? Well, they are a triathlete. They are a marathon runner. And we work backwards that way. Mm. So flip it. And there's more emotion in that. There's more heart. Yeah. And going back to Aunt Mavis, who said you're a bit chubby, <laughs> 10 kilos might not be the problem. No, absolutely not. It might be something else. Yeah. This is why, this is why feeling into the goal is important. Yeah. Find that emotional thing to it. Is it 10 kilos or is it maybe you just need to nourish your body with some better food? Maybe the last three months you've just – Work's been stressful, so you've been up late binge eating and eating crap food, not looking after yourself. Well, like using that example, you know, time's been poor, so you've just been getting takeaway. Yeah. So maybe it isn't 10 kilos. Yeah. Maybe it's just you just need to just tidy a few things up Mm -hmm. to make yourself feel better. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So what, okay, so the biggest objection I get, and I've talked about this a lot, is time. (laughs) <laughs> okay so this is obviously going to be a rebuttal that you're yeah. like if you're in your coaching chair you've got a new client and you're talking about goal setting and they say look i just don't have time you know i'm a mum i'm a wife i work part-time which i've just basically described you anyway <laughs> but um so you know how do we establish time what's the uh what's the the way to break that down so that they can then realize hang on a second i can achieve this because i need to do x y and z there's a few things in this. Yep. So I don't have time. I want you, like if people are listening to this and want to do some things, like if you're saying to yourself, I don't have time, it's a good chance for you to take check of yourself. So I don't have time is if you repeat that to yourself, but change the words to I am not a priority, mm. how's it going to feel in your body? There you go. For most people, that's going to feel young. Mm. If you do not make yourself a priority in your life, I can tell you right now, no one else is going to. No one. 
as much as you want someone else to make you a priority, they're not going to yep. because we're all here for our own life. That's right. Right? Yep. And that's not selfish. That is not egotistical. It is, is what it is. Mm. There's a reason why when you're on the plane and they tell you in case we go down, fit your own oxygen mask first before huh. helping others. Good example. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not fit, healthy. If you, and you know what? If you're not happy, let's just put fit and healthy aside for a moment. If no. you're not happy no. and you are a wife and a mother, how's your household? Good point. I know myself the times when I've been down, mm. my children have been a freaking pain in the ass. <laughs> With my son, I love him so much, but he is the biggest projector of my energy. Yeah. Whatever I'm feeling, he is going to throw it right back at me. Yep. And he does it every time. Yep. So I don't have time. Okay. I am not a priority in my life. Mm. If that sucks, change it. Make yourself a priority because no one else is going to. Absolutely. You need to be a priority in your life. Mm. You deserve all the things you want in life. Yeah. And I'm not being stupid saying you deserve $100 million. <laughs> like, bring it back, be more realistic here. But you do deserve to have the life that you want. And only you can do it. Only you can do it. That's exactly right. Only you can do it. You can hire any coach. You can yeah. hire a life coach, a personal trainer, nutritionist. You can hire the most amazing team of people around you. Yep. But they can't do the work. Nope. You can listen to all the podcasts, read all the books. That's a good point because, you know, you could, like you said, you can, you know, I, I have this conversation often. You, you can work with someone relentlessly, but until they actually implement change, they implement the process, they implement the advice you're giving them, there's no magic happening here. There's no magic. No. There's no magic. And going back to the I don't have time, if someone, and I can say I have days where I go, oh, my God, I just don't have time today. That's why checking my schedule first thing in the morning mm. is important for me. I have a diary. I block out my day. I block out section of, sections on my day mm. because I need to. Yep. So I start at the start of the week. I'll put in all my non-negotiables. So non-negotiables work. Yep. Children being taken to and from school, children's sports and activities, the things that I have to do. You'd be surprised how much white space you can find in your diary. Mm. Like people will say, like, you, you know, the whole check your screen time on your phone and they're doing three, four, five hours a day. Like I heard someone the other day was doing ten and a half hours a day and they didn't have time. <laughs> Almost I remember you telling me that. That's, that's so excessive. There was so much. And, yes, some of it was productive time, but majority of it wasn't. No. But then the excuse was, that, well, that's my downtime. And I say, well, that's fine. But what's more important to you right now? Mm. Those scrolling on hours of end as your downtime, relaxed time, all the goals you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure if we fit the goals you're trying to achieve in your diary somewhere, you're still going to have that downtime. Absolutely. You may also find that you don't need those three hours of downtime because you're more pumped about life. You know, like I heard you say the other day, you know, kinetic energy. Yeah. Energy creates more energy. It does. So you may find that the reverse happens. So, you know, take stock of your day. And if you don't like scheduling, because a lot of people go, oh, I hate schedules, I hate diaries. Like, yes, but you know what? If you want to make changes and you want to find time in your life, suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. And just do it. Unfortunately, change is not always everyone's cup of tea, but it's something you have to embrace. Absolutely. And, you know, what? you might find that you can do it for a week yep. and then suddenly you go, oh, 
okay, I get it. Mm. I don't need to do this every week. Or you may find, oh, this actually makes my life so much easier. And for me, that's my situation is I would be full of anxiety. I'm so stressed if I didn't have everything written down. I do not know how a busy mom stay on top of everything without having things written down and in a diary or planned or your phone. You don't have to physically write it down. We have phones. Yeah. Every almost every person has a smartphone these days. Right. You know, there's so many ways around that. Let's um let's bring in a real world experience for a second and talk about the way we schedule, predominantly you schedule because I sort of yeah. tail code it. Like we're we're sitting here in our um our living room or dining room uh, at the moment, but our office area has a calendar on the wall. Correct. We both have a work diary flash schedule on our desk. Correct. We both got. Obviously, our smartphones where we have a shared calendar for kids' movements and other, you know, family commitments and stuff like that. Yeah. Then we've got individual study calendars as well. Yep. I've got obviously got my client calendar as well, which, I have which you have too. You've got one as well for posing. So, that, you know, we run multiple calendars, but, you know, people might say, well, that's a bit excessive, but it works for us. It works amazing. And I think. Yeah. The statement you just made there, it works for us. Yeah. So it really is about finding what works for you. Absolutely. Now, the calendar on the wall is amazing because the kids can see it. They always reference it too. They always look at it. Yep. And for anyone that doesn't realize, we do have three teenage kids. There's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Our children are from previous marriages, so they do come and go a lot. Yes. They're very active kids. Yes. There's always stuff going on. So for them to – it's also important for them to see where they're at. Mm. Um, big trips are on that calendar. There's yep. lots of things on that, and it's a great visual because it's, it's in the center of our home. Absolutely, and you know we've got two teenage girls and and the young fella's twelve, about to turn thirteen. Um, I don't know if you want to elaborate on his specifics, but um, having those visuals assists all of them on a number of different levels, doesn't it? Absolutely. So the girls are very academic, um, and you know they're going to thrive in any environment that they're put into. Mm. Um, but Sax, you know, he does struggle. He has dyslexia. Mm. Um, and at times I've wondered whether he had ADD and he was for a period of time on medication, which he's no longer anymore. Um, but, you know, this may be something that he has to come on and off again, but we're yep. trying a more natural approach these days. So the visuals are super important. Yeah. Because a child that struggles to read and then add on dyslexia. Yeah. He needs the visuals. And we've got a over on the other wall over there, he's got a list of, to follow in regards to getting ready in the morning, and I still see him referencing that now. And that was a list you created, what, five years ago, man? That list when he was in prep. There you go. So it's a list basically that says in the morning, these are your things you need to do. Yeah. But it's not just a list. It's actually got pictures next to it. Yep. So brush your teeth has a picture of brushing your teeth. Mm. Brush your hair has a picture of brushing your hair. Um, and that's really important for him. And yep. you're right, he does. He's in grade eight now, and he still will look at that list every morning. Yep. And anyone that, you know, is this way inclined will probably agree that, yes, that kind of thing is really important. Mm-hmm. So we have the diaries, obviously, individually and professionally, and we do have it on our phones. Now, our phones are also linked with the girls' phones. Yes. And Sachs does have it on his iPad because he doesn't have a phone yet. But within that, everything is also color-coded as well. Yep. So we've tried to make it super easy and, um, yeah, super important. Mm. But if we take it back from being about the family and bring it back now to the personal level, like you just said, we both have our own personal. And I have a personal diary slash journal Mm. you know and it does have on one side 5 a.m in the morning till 10 p.m at night and every morning i sit down and i do block out my day so my non-negotiable things they're always in my phone Mm -hmm. i transfer it over yep and i find white space yep i find the white space that i can do what i need to do 
Um, you know, my morning routine is important to me. It doesn't happen perfect every day because some days we have to leave home at 6 a.m. to get to netball practice. Yeah. You know, I don't have time to sit outside and meditate and take and do breath work and do my journal. But I do open it. Mm. I do look at my day and I'll find my white space. Mm. Okay, I need to find time for this, 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 this. I do it. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise it's like, oh, I don't have time today, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow comes, I don't have time, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, don't. And before you know it. Yeah, you've developed a routine without actually trying or, or just a habit. A habit. Like if you don't, like bring it, let's bring it back to health and fitness. If I don't schedule my workouts at the start of the week, I'm scrambling mm. I'm at the gym Saturday and Sunday. Yep. When I could be doing other things in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, or worse still, if I don't schedule my workouts at the start of the week, push it back, push it back, and I don't finish my week's training. Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore, but it could easily happen. If you don't schedule and plan it. Absolutely. But even, um, you know, talking about your morning routine, you know, you can get to a point where if, you, if you're not structured enough or just at least have that white space in the morning that you've spoken about more often than not, the, the feeling of overwhelmingness and feeling rushed, which will then develop anxiety, you know, that's not a, the way you want to wake up and start your day. It is not the way. No. And I do know some people that will check their schedule before they go to bed. Yeah. So then they wake up, they feel like they're ahead of the day yep. and they know what's coming. For me, I find that sometimes when I do that, it does create that bit of anxiety about it's a big day. Mm-hmm. So I, as long as I've looked at my day and I've know I've ticked everything off and I'm across it, I'm happy to go to bed and not look at tomorrow mm-hmm. because I know I've got enough time in the morning yep. to look at it tomorrow. Yep. So you know what? That's another option. Some people may find that sitting down the night before and doing it mm-hmm. because the mornings can't be rushed. Yeah. So time, it's, it can be a reason. It's not an excuse. No, it's not an excuse. That's right. And, and you know, I've spoken about this so many times. If you're sacrificing your time for others or for your job or for anything other than you and you're not the priority, then your health is going to decline potentially because of that. If you're someone that's constantly doing that, I would recommend you sit back and take reflection upon are you people-pleasing mm. and how are your boundaries? Yeah. So this is something a lot of mums in particular really struggle with. Yep. You know, you become employee of the month, month and month and month because they're bending you backwards and you're doing everything. Yeah, the, the goalposts keep getting moved. Yeah. You know, your boundaries. Like if you prioritise yourself and you're prioritising your workout, no one should shift that. Mm. Unless it's an emergency. Like Yeah, the circumstances that obviously, yeah, of course. But if, you know... Someone calls you up and says, I need your help to help me move this fridge. And you've got your gym session planned in. No, babe, you're going to the gym. Mm. I'm sorry, I can come by later. That's it. People need, like, boundaries. We need to learn to say no Mm. and put ourselves first. Absolutely. Very good advice. So going back to the goal setting, um, I guess, scenario. Yeah. You know, everyone's goals are going to be different. They're big goals, small goals. So how do you tackle a bigger goal, so a six-month, 12-month goal in regards to not falling off the cliff when it becomes too hard or it's too overwhelming, you know, are we talking, you know, creating lists, um, you know, achieving small milestones to get to the big one? You know, what's the, the overarching premise around how you would tackle something like that so you can achieve it and you're not just effectively wasting time? Mm-hmm. So this is going to be different for every type of goal. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You've got a health and fitness related goal, whether you've got a creativity related goal, whether you've got 
political aspirations, you know, whatever it might be. Like, every, every, you're running for office. You said this. Every, every is going to be slow. <laughs> um, the key with this, though, is there's two, there's two major components. One, making sure that your goal actually aligns with your values. Yeah, good point. As a person, your core values. If this goal does not align with you as a person and your core values, you're not going to see it through. Mm-hmm. Secondly is understanding why this is important. Yeah. And this goes back to the feelings. This goes back to the emotions. So when I talk about goal setting, I like to think about, okay, how do you want to feel? Mm. Because sometimes, you know, you can set this big, amazing goal, achieve it, get it, and then go, huh. It's underwhelming. Is that it? Yeah. I thought my life would be completely different. Yeah. No one else is clapping for me. (laughs) Things change. Yeah. Right? So take away the focus on the thing as such and bring the emotion, the focus back to the feelings. so yeah, know your why, make sure it's aligned with your core values and make sure there's a feeling and emotion attached to that goal mm. so that when you do get to it, you can celebrate the win. Now, if it's a big goal, a big goal is way overwhelming. Is so overwhelming. Yeah. You do need those little milestones along the way and celebrate those little milestones. If you're someone who hasn't been to a gym before, you going one day a week is fucking awesome. Yep. Celebrate that. Absolutely. If you now meal prepping your food is something you've never done before and you really want to do and now you're doing it, celebrate that. And I don't mean celebrate with food. You're not a dog that needs treats. <laughs> but celebrate your wins. Yeah. And I guess this comes this comes back to, you know, the feeling of it and being, I don't know what I'm looking for, but celebrate your accomplishments, celebrate your wins along the way. Yeah. It drives momentum. Of course it does. Because you can't rely on motivation every day to get you to your goal. No, you can't. No. you Motivation comes and goes. But the thing that does help with motivation is consistent action. Yeah. Well, it comes out of discipline, doesn't it? It comes from discipline. Yeah. If you, if you set those habits in place and consistently hit them, action them. It's like the example I use often, which I think I heard from a podcast. Um, you know, you brush your teeth every day, right? Correct. We've done that since we're basically since we had teeth. Yeah. Why? Why do we do that? Because it's a habit we've created. Mm. It's yeah. a habit that was instilled in us from our parents because we want to keep our teeth healthy. Yep. So why don't we implement that same strategy around some of the other facets of life? And that's some of the goals too. So depending on what goals you're setting, you can create action steps for mm. action steps that now become habits in your day. Yep. Habits in your week. Things that you just instinctively now do. Mm. But this takes time. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, say it used to say like 21 days to create a habit. I just don't think that. No, I don't know where that came from. But it is absolutely much longer than that. Yeah. It is much longer than that. You need to be doing something like repetition, repetition, repetition for it to become a habit. Yep. So, yeah, it's obviously very goal dependent depending on what you're wanting to achieve here. Absolutely. Using the gym as an example, you know, going to the gym one day a week, committing to that goal, doing the non-negotiable like you said, and then when you get comfortable, you'll develop confidence. Yes. And when that confidence comes, then you can potentially double that time and make it two days and yes. three days. And within six months, you might be going four days. Who knows? Exactly. And I think, too, with that, like you just said, confidence, that's a big driver here. Yeah. A lot of time people are afraid of their goals, mm-hmm. and that's a good way to be. You don't want your goals to be so average that they're not inspiring. Having a bit of fear around your goals is fine as long as you take the steps. Yeah. Um, and having that confidence and going to the gym, well, I get it. I've been there. Yeah. Where going to the gym terrifies you. Mm-hmm. But if you go once, then you go twice. Before you know it, being 10 times. 
the receptionists smile at you now because they recognize they know you. Yeah. You know, you'll find that each time you go, it gets easier. Yep. And you know what? If you have setbacks, it's okay. Mm. You know, if you get a punctured tire, don't slash the other three. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you do have setbacks, it's okay. Yeah. Allow yourself to be a beginner in this. Allow yourself to be learning. If you have a setback, literally sit back and go, what's the lesson here? Mm. What's happened? Yeah, don't let it overwhelm you or frustrate you or, you know, sit in it for a moment, acknowledge it, and don't let it derail you. Don't let it derail you. I hate the derail thing. Yeah. Anyways. So, say for example you're you're going you're with the example we used earlier about 10 kilos part of you wanting to lose 10 kilos is that you do need to go to the gym um you're going to the gym three days a week and you're killing it for about six weeks and then you have a week where you don't even go once mm. a lot of people would get very down the dumps about that then the next week they're going to struggle to get back into yes. my into rhythm to go again because yeah. they're going to be unmotivated because they probably had a pity party for the week because they're being sick, their child's being sick, who knows, another pandemic, let's hope not, <laughs> you know, whatever reason. Yeah. Sit back and go, why didn't this happen this week? Yeah. If you had a sick child, well, that's your priority right now. Yeah. Right now, you know, yes, we're telling you to make yourself the priority, but if you have a child that's sick, they need to become your priority right now. Of course. Priorities can change. Mm. So setbacks don't mean you fail. Mm. Setbacks are a lesson to learn from to move forward. Absolutely. Um, that's a good point too, because, you know, you, you have a week off the gym, you're not losing gains. And I say that in, apo in uh, apostrophe, you're not losing, um, the, the work you've done to that point, you know, yeah, you might have the week off and you might pull up a little bit sore when you return, yeah. but don't let that dishearten you, you know, use that keep as a going. challenge. Keep going. Absolutely. Keep going. Create that momentum, build from it. Yeah. I think something we haven't touched on yet either with goals is obviously, if we bring it back to the health and fitness world, because most of your listeners are going to be in that space. Yeah. Coming back to making sure that your goals are something that you emotionally can connect to, mm. something that actually means something to you. Now, you don't have to do this alone. So a lot of people set these big goals. Example, use 10 kilos because that's a very common goal at the start yeah. of the year. Yeah. And then they try and do it themselves. Mm. They may, you know, go to the shops and buy the latest diet book and then they're going to follow that diet book they may jump online and order you know some weight loss shakes or something like that mm. because they think that that's how they have to get to this goal don't be afraid to have a team of people around you yeah i like this and i you know i coined this the dream team dream being your goals like mm. who is your dream team who is in your corner helping you through this mm. because you want to if your goals like the 10 kilo thing. We all know fad diets don't work. Yes. Like we all know this. Yet those books fly off the shelves at the yep. start of every year. Yep. But we know they don't work, so why are we doing it? Mm -hmm. Right? Enlist the team around you, whether that be your partner that's going to help you keep you accountable. Just be careful there because that can sometimes <laughs> cause friction. Yes. Um, whether it's your best friend, someone that you trust, someone that you love who is you know is going to have your back. But outside of that, Get a personal trainer. Mm. Get a nutritionist. Have a physio. Mm. Have people in your corner. Create yourself a dream team that is going to help keep you accountable and help you in motion, help you moving forward. Now, if you, you know, another resistance could be, I can't afford that. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That's fine. There is so much good information on the internet. Mm -hmm. 
There's so many great podcasts. <laughs> but there's one. Ding, ding. But you know what I mean? There's so much free information out there. There is. If it's fad, forget it. Yeah. But no, you're right. There's a lot of a lot of physio um, content. There's a lot of uh, nutritional content. That, you know, and it's free. It's free. It's free. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Just make um, sure it's credible. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. do your research. But, you know, self-development doesn't have to cost you an arm and a leg. No. It, it, it can be done um, quite cost-effective, but think of the outcome. Absolutely. Yeah. And even if you're at a gym, a lot of gyms have PTs there. Absolutely. Who are happy to do random sessions. Yep. You don't have to have a session every week. Mm. You can enlist them for one session to write your program, talk to you about nutrition, and then not see them again for four to six weeks. Yeah. There's no harm in doing that. No, not at all. It's just a touch point, a little bit of accountability. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? There's also so many apps. There's plenty of great apps that can yep. help you with your fitness. 100%. So creating your dream team doesn't have to be something that now is overwhelming again and costly. Mm. But then on the flip side, if you're like, no, this is actually a goal that's really, really important to me and I do really, really want to achieve this, financially it's tight. What can you do to assist that? Absolutely. Because it's an investment and that's how you have to see it. Yeah. 100%. We are going to have, and I'm getting off topic here a little bit, we're going to have a major issue in 20, 30, 40 years' time of a large portion of the population breaking down yeah. because they haven't looked after themselves now. The sad thing is that over this is the first time in history where there are more overweight, obese mm. people than there are healthy weight people. Yeah, it's scary, isn't it? It is scary mm. because, you know, those being classified, like, and I know we don't all love BMI and that's fine, but BMI is a great way to look at someone's potential risk for heart disease yeah. and potential risk for lifestyle diseases. Yeah. And if majority of the population is on that other side of that scale, mm. that's scary to think where we're going. Yep. Our medical system is going to be incredibly overwhelmed. Yep. Our aged care facilities. Well, they're overwhelmed now. I had, I had a friend that was working in aged care for a little while and left because she hurt her back mm. simply because she had to try and lift so many overweight people. Yeah. You know, so things like this. So bringing it back to health and fitness, you know, you don't want to be in that position. No, you don't. So find a way to make this work for you. Yeah. If, you know, you're buying takeaway once a week and takeaway is your thing and it's your reward for a great week, I get that, but maybe you can make it once a fortnight. Mm. It doesn't have to be every week. And then that money that you'd normally spend on takeaway could go somewhere else. It could go to a PT yeah. maybe once a fortnight. It could go to a life coach. <laughs> it could go. <laughs> there is so many. But sometimes, but you know, I know I laugh about that because obviously that's sort of the direction you're heading. But sometimes you need to hear that from someone who's impartial as well. 100%. You know, you have the conversation with your partner. I think we bounce off each other really well. But um, And I was going to bring up the, the example of me having a meltdown over my uni the other night. But <laughs> we might talk about that in a second. But, um, you know, when you talk to someone who's impartial, you're more, and kids do this too all the time, you know, they roll their eyes at their parents, but then when someone who they don't know really well says, no, you have to do it this way, they kind of go, oh, and adults are exactly the same. They will tend to take more credibility from someone that they don't know who is still holding a, a position of power or a, a credit. Authority. Yeah, authority. Um, so that's why, you know, doing a one-off with a PT or seeking out a life coach and doing a consult or a physio or, you know, a psychologist, whatever the case may be, is quite beneficial. Absolutely. It is. And I have this happen with you all the time. <laughs> oh, here we go. Go on. You, you opened the can. The way yeah, I did. Going. I did. I did. I know. That's fine. I'm happy to, you know. But it is true, though, because I know so many times where I've told you something and then you'll come back to me a month, two months later and go, did you know? Yeah. Or, oh. My coach said, yeah. or 
And I'll stand there dumbfounded because I'm like, I actually said that to you. <laughs> In pretty much all the exact words. Uh, yeah, sometimes you do. You just don't quite take it on when it's someone that close to you. Exactly. And as you said, kids 100% yeah. are this. Yep. So find those people. Build your dream team. Mm. And you know what? Right now when you're setting your goals around whatever they might be. Yep. You know, you want to run a tri- like I keep saying run a triathlon. You, you do more than just run. Run, bike, swim. <laughs> <laughs> Run a marathon. Participate. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Participate in a triathlon. And you might be like, you know what? I do need a swimming coach, but right now it's not going to work. That's fine. Yeah. Write them down on a piece of paper, their name, research it. Who are you going to get mm. and employ when the time is right? Yep. Have it ready. Because here's another fun stat for you. When you write down your goals, you're 70% more likely to achieve them. Wow. That's powerful. That is huge. Yeah. So what are your goals? Write them down. Find the feelings, mm-hmm. write them down. Mm-hmm. Who's your dream team with your goals? Mm. Write them down. I love that. You know, you might not be able to work with that person right now. It no. might be out of your budget, but you know what? Write it down. Mm. Okay, this is what I want to achieve. This is how I want to feel. These are the people I want to work with. How do I make it happen? Yep. Action steps. What do I need to do? And this is where we can go back to those SMART goals, which the smart the smart acronym is great, mm. but it's not the first thing. No, it's it not. Comes yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start with this. These are my action steps. I'm going here. Du, 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 lay it all out. Map it out. You know what? Once you've mapped it out, stick it up on your bathroom mirror. Yeah. Put it somewhere where you're going to see it every day. All the time. On the fridge, on the bathroom mirror, on the computer desk. Yeah. Yep. And Agreed. Map it out. Make mm. a roadmap. This is how it looks. Yep. Because one thing is to think it in your head, and it's one thing when the you know, you wake up in the morning and just think about it. It's one thing to see it. Yeah. Write it down, see it. Mm. And this is another thing with goals is vision, you know, vision boards. Vision boards get a big like, oh, that's so woo-woo. It's woo-woo, yeah. Whatever, whatever. But if you have a goal and you're visually seeing it every day, how much more likely do you think you're going to make better choices that day? Well, 70% by the sound of things. <laughs> You're going to make yeah. better choices that day because that goal is that constant reminder of that goal in your face every day. Yeah. Right? And don't do this, but this is hilarious. I did see on um, a good old Facebook reel one day a woman, I think she might have been American because of the accent, and she went to her fridge and the veggie crisper, she had a really sexy lacy G-string and in the freezer where the ice cream was, she had a massive pair of granny undies. <laughs> <laughs> so that was her visual reminder. Well, there you go. Every time she went for the ice cream, she saw these big granny undies, and then she'd go back to the fruit and veggies, and there's a sexy little juice drink. Not to say you can't have ice cream, but clearly ice cream was probably a problem for her in her life. There you go. And that's what she chose to do as a way to remind herself of her goals. I don't – yeah, okay. I need to put some – I don't have that type of underwear, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have a problem with that. Yeah. But seriously, though, that was just her daily reminder of this is my goal of sort of wanting to achieve. You've got to do what works for you, right? And, I, and clearly that works for her. Yes, it's funny and obviously it probably went viral or whatever. But oh, at the same, did. Yeah. But at the same time, it evoked emotion in her. There you go. You know, it just, was a visual and it was emotional. And it was a reminder, constant reminder, because how often do you open the fridge? Heaps. Heaps. That's a good good tip. I love it. It's yeah. fabulous. There it's you go. what works for you. Yeah, maybe we need to be sponsored by like Playboy or uh, Bonds or something after that. <laughs> well, because all the females that listen to this and they're going to go and buy G-strings put in their fridge. I don't think they're going to. Like, it's a health and fitness podcast. <laughs> I think most people that listen to this are pretty well across that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, very good. But no, it is. That's, that's the thing. So yeah. just being 
find the emotion in it. Yeah. Visualize as best you can. Yeah. Um, how how relevant or how important do you think is it to have the support of your partner? And I'm getting off topic here a little bit, but um, when you obviously want to achieve specific goals yeah. and you're in a relationship, you know, we've seen it firsthand how, particularly speaking on a bodybuilding perspective, you know, often the partner doesn't support them 100 yep. percent and it can really cause a lot of friction a lot of tension yep. and then that person may not even achieve that goal because of that yep. that stress so you know what am i trying to ask you know how, how oh, well back to my original question how important is it that they come along for the ride particularly if your goal is long term you the, can't control what someone else does ah there you go okay i wasn't expecting that answer but fair enough you can't yeah you can't control someone what someone else does says you mm. cannot control whether they support you or not mm. and i legit had this conversation with a client this morning did you really yep. there you go so she's currently undertaking a comp prep yeah her partner was a very successful football player right she went to all the games kids in tow yep. did all the things he hates that she's bodybuilding Really? Wow. She's a sports model. Yeah, okay. It's not like she's a female bodybuilder on the on yeah. steroids. Yeah, yeah. Sports model. She looks incredible. Yeah. He hates her. Wow. He doesn't support it. Yeah, okay. So she has a choice. Yeah. She does it anyway. Yep. Or she doesn't. And at the moment she's doing it. At the moment she's doing it. Mm. And she's told him, this is what I want to do. Mm. This is important to me. Yeah. I have done all the years supporting you yeah was well, a football it could have been 10 years like you know yeah. they can they can span a 10-year career yeah she's like i've been a mum. i've been a wife because mm. it's for me now yeah well and i'm doing it yeah, okay. and at the end of the day like when you're achieving your goals it's going to happen mm. you're going to have friends you're going to have family who don't like what you're doing the friends and the family thing especially in bodybuilding yeah you have to be okay with that you have to be okay with your partner not liking it. Mm. The flip side of that is if you have a partner at home who is your biggest cheerleader, loves you, supports you, and doesn't care what you're doing and is always clapping at the sidelines, mm. you're fucking lucky. <laughs> Appreciate the shit out of that person. So does that mean you're lucky? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, appreciate that person for doing that. But you can't control the other person. No, you can't. And that's, and, and that's the thing. Like We've seen it in bodybuilding. We've seen couples end up divorced. Yep. And it's sad. Or friendship circles decrease in, in size because of it, yeah. And it's sad. But here's the choice. Yeah. You progress, you make goals and achieve them, and you move forward in your life, or you stay stagnant. Yeah. And it doesn't have to just be bodybuilding. It could be anything. Oh, it's anything. It's absolutely anything. You know, career change. It could be mm, anything. Mm, travel. You have to decide if this person's not coming along with me, Am I going to keep going or am I going to stay back with them? Mm -hmm. Now, I heard someone once make the analogy of this scenario. Imagine you're on a motorbike and you're cruising down the highway. Mm -hmm. So doubling. So you're riding. You're in charge because you're the goal setter. You're going. Yep. Your partner's on the back. You're cruising down the highway. You're good. The roads get windy. Mm. How windy they get, is your partner going to fall off the back or are they holding on? Are you and sometimes that can happen. Your partner's fallen off the back of the motorbike. Yeah, true. Related, and you've kept going. That's what happened to us in Bali. <laughs> it is what happened to us in Bali. We stayed married. Yeah, we did stay married. That's true. But it's a good way to think about it. Yeah, absolutely. So you have to be okay with that. Mm. Absolutely. Is your is your deepest, wildest dreams worth sacrificing for your partner? 
What's life without dreams, right? You've got you know you've got to at least have a crack at pursuing them. And Otherwise, you end up wondering what if. And on the flip side, I know someone who's set some ridiculously crazy goals who their partner did not support at the start because yep. no, we can't afford that. No, we can't afford that. You can't change your job because we can't take a pay cut. No, you can't afford that. Guess what? Now they're one hundred and ten percent on board, yeah. and they're freaking thankful that their partner had the balls to do it. There you go. So sometimes your partner, even though at the start they're resistant, mm-hmm. they will see what's changed. What's well, scary? Change is scary, yes, isn't it? It is. Not yeah. everyone likes change, no. and they may come along for the ride. Mm. So having a supportive partner, partner at home, if you have that, you're so lucky, mm-hmm. and that's amazing. But you cannot change someone else's opinion and views on it. If you live your best life, you just hope for the best that they come with you. Yeah, absolutely. And if they don't, as sad as it is, maybe someone else is out there waiting for you. Mm, true. But we're both married and divorced. We are, absolutely. And better off because and of it better too. better off because of it. Significantly better off in my opinion. So as sad and scary as it is, you know, mm. sometimes. It is life. You have to, you know, if you if you want your dream and you want this, it goes back to putting you as a priority again, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. We might finish up on that. That was a good point to sort of full stop on. I feel like it was a bit like Debbie Downer. <laughs> no, it was good. Like it, yeah. It, but it's it's honest. You know, that's that's the truth of the matter. And sometimes um, we tend to bury our head in the sand in regards to some of this stuff. You know, we, we we hope that things just get better. We hope that change occurs without implementing anything. We hope that. Um, you know, we lose 10 kilos without actually trying, you know, and having a magic shake or whatever. Like, you got to not put your head in the sand and you've actually got to face these things head on, haven't yeah. you? It's yeah. the only way to make it happen. Yeah. You can't just talk yourself into it. You've no. You've got to take some steps. You've got to yeah. get advice. You've got to do development, self-development, professional development. Whatever the goal is, you yeah. have to further your own existence to better your own life. And whatever your goal is, don't expect that you should know how to do it. No, that's exactly right. the reason right. why you haven't achieved it. Yeah, 100%. So if you haven't achieved it, find people that can help you achieve it. Absolutely. Right? That's it. Yeah. And make things your habits. You know, we are what we repeatedly do. Yeah. Agreed. That's a really good statement. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, given that uh, you're, this is, well, it's technically not the first time you've been on the podcast, but first time as a as a one-on-one as guest, a as a solo, I'll, I'll obviously ask you the, the, the common question I ask all guests, and that is, and who, who is it that you would like to have over for dinner? Now, I asked you this midweek, and you said, no, nah, I'm going in fresh. I'm going to think about it on the spot. So you're under the pump now. Yeah. <laughs> so who would you like? And you can have a couple if you want. Male, female, life, dead, fictional, non-fictional. Like, I opened it right up, and I've had some really interesting answers over the years. Well, mine are probably going to be pretty boring. But, no, I obviously knew that you were going to ask me this question. Yeah, well, I expect so. And I didn't think about it. Mm. I did not want to think about it. And, to be honest, I completely forgot about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well prepared. Well prepared. Now I've got anxiety. Uh. Um. I feel like, and you know, like you said before, I'll be back on this podcast again. And I feel like this is definitely probably a question that the answer is going to change every time. 100%. And I feel like there's two ways I want to take this. Okay. So I'm going to have two dinner parties. Oh, cool. Okay. I hope I'm invited. Well, yeah, you're invited. Um, <laughs> like you had to think about that. No, I didn't. Well, um, yeah. You come everywhere. Like, it'll be you and Tyson. You'll both be there. Uh, for anyone doesn't know, Tyson is our dog, and he is, like, my third child, fourth child. He has separation anxiety. He has separation anxiety and follows me everywhere. Mm. Um, from a – so two, two parties. So one, 
and we didn't touch on this at all today. And, you know, I don't know whether there's something in this for future podcast or whether this is something we'll just leave alone. Um, I would love to have dinner with both my grandmothers. Oh, okay. Because my dad was raised by his stepfather and his stepfather's new wife mm-hmm. for majority of his life. And then my mum's mum came to Australia and left an entire family behind, mm. three children, the whole works, and mm. no one knew about it mm. until she passed. Um, my family has a lot of generational trauma mm. and a lot of really heavy stuff. And I would love to just have both my grandmothers down at a table and just be like, what up? <laughs> <laughs> you might need more than a dinner party for that, I think, like, knowing, knowing the history I know. Like, what happened? Yeah. Tell me your story. Yeah, well. Just tell me your story. How, how did we get here? Yeah. Because my sister and I, I feel uh, we're doing a pretty good job of the generational trauma stops with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we only know parts. Yeah, don't know, you know everything. It's very triggering. There's a lot of holes. There's a lot of holes. It's very triggering for our parents. Mm. And I don't want to just sit down with my parents and go, so tell me. Mm. You know, so I would just love to skip my parents <laughs> and get my grandparents to be like, what? Um, but finishing on a more positive note. So from a more professional development, um, a goal-setting point of view, I love listening to podcasts yes and i have a handful of favorites and i actually think i'd love to have a dinner party with some of my favorite podcast hosts Mm. and authors so firstly anyone that enjoys talking about these goals and values and self-worth self-love all this type of stuff brene brown 100 percent, she's coming if you don't know who that is go google google her right now um she's incredible she's a researcher and does a lot of she's a social worker and a researcher and does a lot of work around empathy and courage and vulnerability and all that type of stuff. Um, so I'd have her. I would have Jay Shetty. Yeah. Because I think his journey from being a lost college student to then becoming a monk is just insane. Mm-hmm. I would love to pick his brain around that. Yeah. And then coming out of that and then his success in the last seven years is phenomenal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like where he's been from here mm. is just mind-blowing. Um, I think that's amazing. I'd love to have him. Aubrey Marcus, yeah, I think is phenomenal. Um, he does a. If you don't know him, he's definitely much more woo woo. Um, he's interviewed some incredible people, and I'd love just to pick his brain. So I wouldn't have to have all the people he's interviewed. I just have him. Yep. And just pick his brain around a lot of psychology. It's like podcasters of the stars. That'd be amazing, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> be great. Now I'll have you there, obviously. Oh yeah, cool. Thank you. You could learn a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I, and this is going to change every time. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, in my head, I'm thinking Dalai Lama, Tony Robbins, but no. We'll I thought you were time. going to see Stephen Bartlett as well. well. I literally was about to. Yeah. And then I thought I've probably said way too many. So I do I do think he's fabulous, but um, I think there's a little bit more depth than some of those others. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Good answer. Oh, well, there you go. If anyone's interested in doing a little bit of professional development and listening to some pretty valuable amazing and educational podcast looked up those guys Aubrey Marcus Stephen Bartlett uh, Jay Shetty yeah talk, talk to Monty <laughs> reach her out to Monty she'll uh, she'll happily answer it um so before we wind up so going back just to your um future endeavors in the the career that you're about to pursue obviously we won't put a timeline on it because that'll put you under unnecessary pressure but um it's going to talk talk to me just quickly about the, the areas of specialty you're going to focus primarily working with women yes so working with women 
the whole the whole idea is you know it's around women with self-worth body confidence you know if you're finding that you've got insecurities that are holding you back from achieving your goals Mm -hmm. that's the world i want to live in so just very quickly you know been through a divorce i've been through postnatal depression i've been through been through injury where i've gained a lot of weight i've been a bikini model who then got injured and suddenly wasn't a bikini model anymore like i've been through all those identity shifts and i understand what trauma and understand what these insecurities can do to you and how they can hold you back from living your life Mm -hmm. i I really believe that when you're healed now it's your chance to heal others yeah and that's how i feel that's where i am now so i'm in that space also, being that I'm health and fitness posing coach and everyone knows me from that world, I've always seen, I shouldn't say always, but I have seen a lot of women struggle post-comp mm-hmm. with who they are now. I've seen them struggle post-comp with food focus, mm-hmm. and that is also another area that I'm heading into. Mm. So obviously the psychology at uni, the diploma of counselling, my life coaching course, I also studied a undergrad certificate of lifestyle of health and lifestyle coaching through Endeavour yep. College of Natural Medicine. Yep. And I'm adding into that also another qualification, which I'm about to start. There's another one yep. um, about food and your relationship to food. Yep. And that will then also form a big part of what I do. Yeah. So bodybuilding world, female specific, mm. um, food focus, self like image, all that type of thing. And then also wider community, general pop women. Yep mothers people who are feeling a bit lost their weight's holding them back body positivity self-worth all the things yeah absolutely pull it all together in a nice tight bow and you know i'm not currently practicing yet it's on its way but if you're someone that is wanting to reach out and have a chat please reach out there you go doors open doors open yep um you know probably end of march my office door should be open. There you go. But honestly, reach out now. Let's have a chat. I'm happy to, you know, help you out as best I can. Yeah. It is exciting because, you know, we and we've spoken about this um, off air a lot in regards to the, the whole coaching industry and coaching space, life yeah. coaching space. It's very saturated. It's very convoluted. It's very confusing. A lot of people yeah. do a short course and then all of a sudden they're a coach charging five grand a, a, a day or whatever you know it, it can be quite ridiculous but you're going to be approaching it in a totally different way you're coming from it with a lot of life experience as well as a lot of qualifications and education that you've put a lot of time and effort into i've seen this firsthand yeah um and you're obviously going to be approachable affordable um you know it's going to be very realistic for people to reach out and and, and work with you 100 I, I to be honest i probably sh- should have had this up and running sooner but I did have some things to work through because during the COVID pandemic, suddenly all these people were becoming life coaches. Yep. And it, it did trigger me yeah. in the sense that they were doing weekend courses or five-day courses and teaching NLP. And NLP is a phenomenal practice, don't get me wrong. Um, but they were teaching that. And then suddenly they're a life coach and suddenly now it's five grand to work with them. Yeah. And I was just like, that is so out of the, that is just so what do you mean it's unfair that's what it is it's unfair it's, it's not realistic it's the person that i want to help me saying i need five grand up front it's going to be a no no not when the cost of living is the way it is not when the cost of living is the way it is so you know at the end of the day i will i'm going to be a counselor that will be my trade mm. with xyz on top mm-hmm. My pricing will be appropriate to a counselor's pricing mm. i'm not going to be like i'm a thousand dollars an hour mm. i just think that's a bit 
like, look, if I get super famous like Oprah or Tony Robbins, then bitches, yeah, my price is going up. <laughs> until that day. I'm retiring. But until that day, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, it does definitely trigger me a little bit, the whole coaching industry, how it's just gone through the pandemic. And I really hope that now we're on the back end of that, that things will settle. Yeah. There will be no lock-in contracts. You don't have to commit to a 12-month mastermind or lock-in plan. It's not, it's not what I'm about. Mm. I'm actually about generally about helping you. Yeah. Um, with the structure that I'll use at the moment, it will be, you know, a three-month journey. I don't think you can fix these problems any sooner than that. No. Or it could be a six-month journey. That's that's pretty much where I'm looking. A three-month, six-month journey. We can touch base every fortnight and get you going. Yeah, cool. So that's where I'm thinking for now. Who knows? It might change. So watch this space. Watch, <laughs> watch this, this space with the, with intrigue. So obviously, um, Instagram's your primary social media at the moment, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. Monique underscore Hooper underscore. Correct. Yeah. So follow me along there. It's um, you'll obviously see posing with Moni, and that's fine. Um, my posing for anyone that doesn't know will be is getting phased. Wrapping up. Wrapping out. Mm. Um, obviously, my back injury. For anyone that doesn't know, I've got a really bad back injury, and I've had to make the decision that. Posing is not worth it long term for me yep. with my back, and yep. as much as I love it, but I've come to the realization I love it because the women I work with. Yeah, I love posing, but I love more the women in the journey. But you'll always be in and around the posing anyway, because you're going to be at shows with me. Yeah. You'll be, you know. And you know, I was talking to you about this this morning. And I know we're supposed to be wrapping up. That's okay. How does self-worth, body positivity align with bodybuilding? Mm. And that's a question I know I'm going to start getting a lot of because people are going to be like, that is backwards. How can you be a judge when, yeah, you're practicing this? But I 100% think, and I've seen this firsthand, there is nothing more empowering than a mum of a handful of kids who's felt frumpy and not sexy and not strong for as many years as she can remember. Mm. What, and this gives me goosebumps saying this, but seeing her walk on stage, owning it, absolutely, knowing I am fucking amazing. Yep. And so many women tell me after the show, after comp, they'll see me and they are crying because they can't believe they did it. Yeah. They get their photos back and they're like, I cannot believe that's me. And it's just giving them a new lease, a new lease on life. Absolutely. Whether they choose to compete again or not, it's irrelevant mm-hmm. because the momentum has got them to this incredible place. Yeah, but they've learned along the way. Yeah. They've learned along the way. And you know what? You cannot have a successful comp prep without putting yourself first. So a lot of these women who I I work with finally put themselves first. Yeah. Finally make themselves a priority. And you know what? Their family, nine times out of ten, their family come along for the ride. Absolutely. Suddenly their kids are getting outside and playing. Mm. You know, all the things anyways. We're supposed to be wrapping up. That's okay. <laughs> There'll be plenty more podcasts to come as as your career and your coaching becomes more, um, well, you launch it effectively and we can talk about that, you know, in greater detail down the track. So, cool. Thank you very much. Pleasure. It's been good to uh, finally get you on board. The paper the paper uh, bag jobs were certainly worth it. That the is year. the worst thing to say. <laughs> I don't even know why you're Bundles of cash, that. bags of cash. Yeah, you know, that it's... sounds better than paper bags under the table. Yeah, maybe, especially when you worked in a prison too. Yeah, it sounds really good. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Monty. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, if you're interested in following along Monty's journey, jump on Instagram and follow her. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast please screenshot and share it on all of your stories tag myself at paul's body engineering and obviously tag money as well at monique underscore hooper underscore 
I think I got that right. Uh, if you're interested in any of my coaching services, please jump on my website, Paul's Body Engine, paulsbodyengineering.com. It's such a mouthful. And uh, as I say to every client every single day, have a great day.